Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. What's wrong with it? I love the fact that people can't stand it. Yeah. Or that a lot I of people can't stand it. It's yeah. great. Mackey and Judd. If you'd voted for Donald Trump, you can't stand it. Yes. Right. Yes, you're right. convinced this is the worst thing ever to happen <laughs> yes. in sport. Right. On 1500 ESPN. All right, Matthew Collar, Darren Doogie Wolfson in for Mackey and Judd today. And joining us, Football Outsiders Setting the Edge podcast. It is uh, Charles McDonald. Charles, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm still full from uh, Chris's dinner yesterday, but besides that, I can't complain. Uh, yeah, I uh, had way too much food to try to make up for the bad football that I was watching, both uh, in the <laughs> in the early game where we were blessed with Taylor Heineke's presence, and then in the late game where no one could pass the football. Um, Charles, with the Philadelphia Eagles having Nick Foles as their quarterback, does that eliminate any possible chance that they could win the Super Bowl? Because that's how I felt last night. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I felt last night. And even just watching the game, if, if you're an Eagles fan, I just I don't know. Even you know, even though they won and they locked up the number one seed for the playoffs, I don't know how good you feel about that game because you know, looking back, this is a Raiders team that has really gotten torched by everybody uh, in the passing game. I mean, coming into uh, this game, they were 31st in the league in adjusted net yards. Uh, Per attempt, which is, you know, uh, based on the research that people have done, that's like the the best uh, passing st- uh, stat correlated to win. So, you know, to see Nick Foles kind of struggle to light that defense up uh, probably can't make you feel good. And then when you look at how uh, some of the Titans in the NFC are looking, especially their defenses, I mean, you know, you got the Vikings who are obviously have a crazy defense. The Saints defense is really good. Uh, when Marshawn Lattimore and Ken Crawley are on the games, yeah, the Panthers defense has really stepped up recently. So. It, it, it's tough to feel good about that as an Eagles fan. And it, it just kind of sucks because they, they were kind of the story of the season. And then Wentz got hurt and you, you see, you kind of see how like why the league is trying to protect these players, like these quarterbacks, because when they go down the, the watchability of the game really goes down too. the Eagles are not one of those great defenses. What has happened to the Eagles defense? I'm not sure because they were playing well up until that Rams game mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. And then uh, McVay kind of lit them up and then, what was really surprising was the Giants. Uh, they lit them up before uh, they played the Raiders last week. So I, I think they're a talented defense, but it's, it's it, 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 you know, that's something probably I need to look into a little bit more. But sometimes you kind of wonder if when the team loses their star player, if it kind of has like a whole trickle-down psychological effect to the whole team. And, you know, they just kind of came out flat versus the Giants. And even uh, part of last 
part part of last night's game, especially in the first half. Uh, the Eagles defense just didn't really come to play. Now they they did tighten up in the second half, and uh, Ronald Darby did have that game stealing interception at the end. But overall, they just kind of look like a team that lost their swagger, lost their groove a little bit when it went hurt. And uh, you know, it, it makes sense. And Nick Foles didn't exactly put together an, ex- an uh, inspiring performance last night. It's just a good thing Derek Carr was worse than he was. Uh, Charles McDonald writes for Football Outsiders, also the Setting the Edge podcast. He joins us, uh, Collar and Doogie in for Mackie and Judd. Charles, who's the team that the Minnesota Vikings would not want to face? The team that is playing the hottest football or you feel like would be a tough schematic matchup for the Vikings in the playoffs? I think that, uh, you know, I know they already beat this team once, but I still feel like the Rams would be a tough matchup for just about anybody uh, in this in this playoff season, just because they're so well coached and when you just look at it, yeah, the, the Vikings, they did beat them, uh, I think that was about a month ago or maybe a little bit more than that, but uh, just the way that Todd Gurley, he's been on a hot streak lately and that defense is playing well. And it's just, it's just so cool to see, you know, when talent gets a chance to be freed, I guess, from bad coaching. And, you know, I, I think last season with the Rams, they didn't, they didn't really have a bad roster, I guess, and now we're just kind of seeing what that roster looks like unleashed. And you know, McVay has really found his groove as a play caller the past few weeks, which is scary because he was already good uh, coming into the season, and he's really starting to figure out how to use that offense. I mean, I just ran some. Uh, we have adjusted yards per target uh, values on our website, Sid the Edge. So the Rams have they have uh, four players in the top 20 uh, with Todd Gurley coming in 11th, and that's over guys like Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, which is kind of crazy when you think about him being a running back. So, you know, Cooper Cup, Todd Gurley, Sammy Watkins, and uh, Robert Woods are all in the top 20 in terms of adjusted yards per target value. So this is a passing game that's really, really firing on all cylinders right now. And when you have a, an experienced defensive coordinator like Wade Phillips and guys like Aaron Donald and uh, LaMarcus Joyner and Tremaine Johnson all playing lights out football right now, that, I think that that's going to be a really tough team to beat uh, come postseason time. But, you know, I, I still do think that the Vikings are the best team in the NFL, but if there was a team right now to give them the best shot to take them down, I think I would go with the Rams. Who's the most desirable potential opponent on January 13th or the 14th? If it's not the Rams, is it the Panthers or the Saints? This is presuming that the Panthers are the five seed, the Saints are the four seed, the Rams are the three seed. So to play, you know, for example, the Panthers, you would need the six seed Seahawks or Falcons to win at the three seed Rams. Then you would play the five seed. Is it the five seed, the potential five seed Carolina Panthers as the most potential desirable matchup for the Vikings that first playoff weekend that they'll play? Yeah, I, I guess it would be the Panthers uh, because when you have, uh, you know, the Panthers did they did beat them uh, a couple weeks ago, but when you just look at how the Vikings match up to the Panthers, if if you can if you can get a matchup with Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter versus Matt Khalil and uh, Darrell Williams, like you're going to take that every single time. And the Panthers, they're a team that I think they're a talented team, but they really do live and die. By Cam Newton, you know, if he has an off game, they're probably going to lose. And if he's on his, uh, if he's on his game, they they can really beat anybody in the NFL. But it's just so hard when you're that dependent on one player. And uh, you know, Chris McCaffrey, he's found his groove recently. But you know, if you can get pressure on Cam Newton and really make the whole game boil down to him, which it usually does for the Panthers, that's probably the most desirable matchup that you can have in the divisional round, where you really only have to stop one guy and you know it is a former MVP and I think a guy who does get undersold a little bit uh with his play but 
Yeah, uh, I, I would say the Panthers are probably the team you want to see most in the division around. And then moving forward, after that, you, you definitely want to see the Eagles because uh, I don't I don't think Nick Foles is beating that Minnesota defense. Oh, uh, Charles, where you're making your mistake is Matt Khalil is turning it around. You see, there have been articles <laughs> where they've interviewed him and he said that he's got it now. No, I'm just... That, that, I, since uh, that's articles since uh, 2014 or whatever, right? About him yeah, turning I'll, it around. I'll, I was just about to say, you guys know all about that. Uh, where Matt Khalil turns it around and then for some reason he's, he's still not playing that well. Uh, because he remains Matt Khalil, as we saw a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Charles, what do you think uh, the Vikings do well on offense that has allowed Case Keenum to have this sort of success when he did not have a lot of success in the past as a starting quarterback? Well, what's interesting about the Vikings is they're in, uh, I want to say they're in the top five in terms of uh, sack percentage allowed. So, you know, they, they don't give up a lot of sacks in the offense, but I don't think that's really indicative of the talent they have on the offensive line. Like, I still do think it's obviously a better group than last year. I mean, it, you and I could go out there and it would be a better group than last year. But uh, I, I think that a lot of that has to do with Case Keenum extending plays. And it's just bizarre to see how well he maneuvers the pocket, uh, how well he gets plays off. I mean, uh, I think it was versus Rams where there was a play where Case Keenum, he was back in the pocket like 12 yards deep, and he just dodged like three guys and found Adam Peeler for uh, a wide-open gain or even versus the Panthers a couple weeks ago where they had a slot blitz off the edge, and he just ducked right underneath him, and he found Thielen for another first down. So I, I, I think that that's – one of the areas that really allows him to succeed. And when you have a guy like Case Keenum, he's not the most accurate quarterback uh, ever, but when you have guys that can kind of, uh, I guess, clean up his mistakes a little bit with Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, and then you have Case Keenum's own uh, ability to buy time for himself and make guys miss in the pocket, I think that that's a really big strength of the Vikings offense. And, you know, that's kind of where they – that's kind of where they've made some big plays this year on, I guess, broken plays, but they're keeping those plays alive. And uh, I think that that's a legitimate strength for this team moving forward. And that's, you know, if I'm looking forward to playing the Vikings as another team, that's one of the areas that most, that most scares me uh, on offense. Charles, last thing for you. Uh, we've been talking about 2018 in sports, Minnesota sports, and what our predictions are, what we think is going to happen. What do you think will happen in the NFL playoffs if you were to put in your bets right now? Who's playing in the Super Bowl here in Minnesota? Uh, you know, you don't really usually see the home team play, but I I like Minnesota, and this is going to sound like crazy considering what happened on Sunday, but I still like the Jacksonville Jaguars to make it out the AFC. Mm. Just like when you look when you look at the history of. Uh, Dominant pass defenses. I mean, I just looked up, you know, some some value numbers in terms of adjusting that yards per attempt value, which, you know, you can kind of see how good each team was over the NFL average for their particular season. And you know, the the 2002 Bucks are number one. The 2008 Steelers are number two. Uh, 2013 Seahawks are number three. So this is since 1982 to 2017. And the Jaguars, they're uh, number five right now. So if you have if you look at the top 10 pass defenses since 1982, uh, five of them have won the Super Bowl. Four of them made to the divisional round, or three of them made to the divisional round. Uh, one didn't make the playoffs in 1991 San Francisco 49ers. And then, obviously, we still have to see what happens to the 2017 Jaguars. But that's pretty good company to be in. And I think if there's going to be one team 
that can knock off Brady. I, I think it's the Jaguars just because they can really rush a pass and they can play like that physical brand of pass defense that Brady usually struggles against. Charles, great stuff. I uh, hope you have a, a nice rest of your holiday. Really appreciate your work that you do. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Charles, Thanks, Charles. Charles McDonald, you can follow him on uh, Twitter, at 4Verts, uh, very football-y Twitter name there. And uh, uh, he writes for Football Outsiders, does the Setting the Edge podcast, so a lot of great stuff. One of the guys that I uh, respect his opinion when it comes out. A lot of people have opinions, but uh, you don't always have to take them seriously. Yeah, so. I mean, you can tell he's incredibly <laughs> knowledgeable Jacksonville, though, huh? Yeah, that, that's a wow. hot thing. You know, it's funny because I just sent you a tweet as we were talking of uh, Bill Simmons saying that there's nothing quite like radio around this time where it's all fill-in hosts who could just turn the takes all the way up to 11, right? And I that's not capable. I, well, I was <laughs> in say, this time I, slot. I, I feel considering like what uh, the normal hosts well, are capable that, of. That, yeah, that's true. I, I feel like we need to get even hotter here. I mean, we need to we need nah, to turn it up a little yeah. bit. Rodgers will be the quarterback of the Vikings next year. Actually, it's possible. It is possible that Aaron Rodgers could be the quarterback <laughs> of the Minnesota Vikings. I, I will tell you how. Because, right, you do that. because a report came out the other day, and with uh, Christmas and everything going on. That maybe some people have might have missed it. I am not messing around. That it is a real possibility because of something Adam Schefter reported the other day, and I will tell you about it All right, when well, we come back. You do that quickly. I'm Bill Simmons. This coming from the guy, and by the way, I'm a huge Bill Simmons fan, who for the longest time said, I need to be the GM of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, yeah. Well, he couldn't have done worse. So, I mean, give he, me a break on hey, that tweet, he, Bill. Come on. He could not have done worse as GM of the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, than no, what actually happened. No, so, probably accurate, but speaking of hot takes, uh, he's fully capable. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's one of the hot take kings, so mm-hmm. it is funny with him saying that. But uh, I will, I'm going to tell you, this report came out, and I don't think a lot of people really caught onto it because – of the holiday, so I'll tell you about that uh, next, how Aaron Rodgers could be a free agent this offseason. Doogie and Collar filling in uh, for Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. Put on your big boy pants and let's go. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, so there is a real report that came out from Adam Schefter that Aaron Rodgers could be a free agent after this season. Now, I wouldn't bet it, but... The Packers appear to have made a mistake with something they did. They put Aaron Rodgers back on injured reserve with no actual new injury. See, according to the league rules, this is from Adam Schefter, when you take a guy off injured reserve, you can only put him back on injured reserve if he suffers another injury, and he didn't. He didn't suffer another season-ending injury. The only reason they put him on injured reserve was so they could sign another backup quarterback. Correct. And even Mike McCarthy's on the record saying it's rest, it's rehab. You know, he was quoted as saying that. Right. That there isn't any sort of new injury. So, yes, by the letter of the law, it appears that the Packers violated NFL rules. And according to Schefter, several teams complained about this happening, and the rules state that the team then has to release that player if they have broken this rule, which then would make Aaron Rodgers a free agent and he could sign with the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, this is a real thing that really could happen. Now, I would not bet that this would happen because you just have to figure they'll find some way around it. 
Will they claim that there was a new injury? Will they have some doctor report that says, well, his knee was sore after that game? You know, right? Oh, look, it's dated and, uh, you know, whatever, right? We've got this report that he was actually injured, and that's why we put him back on there. But it seems the rule is pretty clear. If you do this, the guy becomes a free agent. And if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're going somewhere else, right? You're not staying with that where they won't give you a defense. I mean, they let the one of their best offensive linemen go. Sign, uh, TJ Lang signed with Detroit. I mean, your your running game wasn't there at all this year. I mean, the fact that they cannot stop anyone on the other side of the ball and have stuck with Dom Capers as their defensive coordinator, the whole rest of the NFC and probably the NFL is thrilled about that because you feel like with Rodgers' talent, they would have had another Super Bowl or two by now if they could play any sort of defense. Hmm. Who's got defense? Anybody got defense around here? Number one defense in the NFL. Three quarterbacks who are free agents. I'm saying, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, it would be pretty easy to convince me to go to Minnesota and then do what Favre couldn't do and win the Vikings' Super Bowl. (laughs) All right, let's look into that crystal ball. That's been a theme of the show, right? 2018, looking into the crystal ball for, for all the Minnesota teams. I think it's like point zero 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 two percent that Aaron Rodgers is the Vikings quarterback um, in 2018. Agree, agree. I don't even see, I mean, heck, there's no chance he's declared a free agent. Let's be realistic about that. Now, I did see a report a couple weeks ago that, is there an option in his contract? Do we have clarification on that? Now, there I, is, there isn't, that he can actually exercise some sort of option and become a free agent. Now that's been out there, but so that I might saw, be appealing to him. I saw an article that said that he can't exercise the option. And now, I mean, the the thing is that certain reporters have ways of getting information about contracts, uh, but it doesn't always include every single detail. So there could be, or there might not be. I think the only one that knows that is the Packers. First of all, but he's not being declared a free agent. Okay, we agree on that. So I think he would so. have to have some I sort mean, of clause in his contract where he could exercise. Right, but I mean, have an option to be a free agent, but we don't even know if that exists. So Aaron Rodgers is the is quarterback the rule, of the Packers though. next year. It is the rule, though. And now we see the NFL make it up as they go along all the time. We don't know what a catch is. So, but how do you prove it then? I mean, couldn't the Packers say McCarthy misspoke? Yeah, they could try. You know, whether right or not, but you're not going to want to lose Aaron. That some new injury is discovered, sort of I feel like whatever, weirder, presented. Yeah. Weirder things have happened in sports uh, Well, than sure, this. weirder things have happened. I think they broke the rule and he's got to become a free agent. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Mike was telling us the truth when he said, yeah, rest and relaxation, you know, and rehab. Yeah, that Aaron hasn't, you know, all of a sudden come down with some new injury. This is the same injury, and you know what? He just he wasn't good enough, and frankly, he couldn't say this, but looking at our situation once we were eliminated from playoff contention, there was no reason to put Aaron Rodgers at risk. We put him back on injured reserve so we could re-sign that backup quarterback, Joe Callahan or whoever it was. You know, But I just don't see Goodell and those guys saying, Aaron, you are a free agent. Green Bay, you violated rules. Screw you. Aaron, you're a free agent. He took, it's not happening. He did take the flake gate all the way to a Tom Brady four-game suspension. Yeah, if you're going to stick it to Brady, what's going to stop you from sticking it to, uh, well, I guess sticking it to the Packers on Rodgers' behalf? He's always been a good soldier. He doesn't say anything that's uh, too controversial. What if there's something to be said about Aaron liking it in Green Bay? (laughs) Come on. Come on. California kid. 
How many teams? Mm-hmm. If, if I bet he'd love a dome. Don't we agree that all but maybe five teams would take Aaron Rodgers over whoever their quarterback is? How many teams could you have? Oh, a, I think it's yeah. I it's, mean, it's everyone except for New Orleans, New England, right? And New England. Oh, I think if you're New Orleans, you would take Rodgers over Breeze. And he's a little. He's a little younger. Um, it's only New England, right? <laughs> New England might too. Just considering Maybe. The, age, the age, yeah, yeah. you'll be getting the same quarterback only for five more years. Although Brady might just, I, he might just live forever because he's got that uh, trainer pumping in uh, nuclear waste into his veins or something. Um, but how many teams, if you were Rogers and you were, so they're, you know, okay, you're a free agent. Here you go. Now you can decide any team because every team will take you. How many, and they'll all, let's just say salary cap is not a factor in this. They'll all pay you money. Or if they can't, they'll slide you money under a table in $1,000 bills. How many teams would you pick over the Minnesota Vikings for situation? I can't think of any. I mean, Jacksonville maybe because they've got the Jacksonville defense. comes to mind. They, they, but they've got the receivers here. They've got Delvin Cook coming back. They've got a, an offensive line that's rebuilt. I, I don't know of a team that offers a better situation in the entire NFL than the Minnesota Vikings for a quarterback. Would he have a say in who his offensive coordinator is? That might be a big deal. Again, I mean, this is I mean, making the leap Ro- that Pat Shermer gets a head coaching anybody. job. Yeah, if it's Rodgers, whoever. Okay, well, oh, uh, you want my dog to be your offensive coordinator? Fine, saying, come on. Yeah. If you're Rick Spielman, you say, I don't know, Aaron, who would you like it to be? Yeah, Okay, exactly. that's fine with me. Great, right, yeah, great Pat, choice. Sorry, Pat, bye. Although, in this offense, can you imagine Aaron Rodgers playing in Pat Shermer's offense? If it's done this for Case Keenum... What will it do for Aaron Rodgers? Not that I think they're inept on offense uh, in Green Bay. Yeah, but he wants to spread the ball a little bit more downfield, doesn't he? Sure, and go ahead. (laughs) And we would love you to do so. Well, the one thing about Shermer that is really great, I think, one of the reasons they've succeeded, is that he has looked around at the skill sets of the different players and decided to just use them in what they do best. Kyle Rudolph's a great example. Uh, The fact that they just throw it to Kyle Rudolph in the red zone every time. that, That works. It's a big giant guy. Throw the big giant guy. It's really not as complicated as the football men make it sound sometimes. Oh, Kyle Rudolph, six foot six, throw him the ball down to the end zone. I'm a genius. But the previous coordinator couldn't figure that out. Uh, so, you know, that's where Pat Shermer has done really, really well. Uh, but playing that out, if you were Aaron Rodgers, there are very few teams that the situation would be set up better for you to step right in and pretty much guarantee your shot at a championship or NFC championship or a Super Bowl the following year. I, I am with you that you just have to figure there'll be some way around this, that the Packers will somehow squirm out of this and Aaron Rodgers will end up with them next year. Mm -hmm. But what an outrageously stupid mistake to me. I mean, how could you do something? You have to be fired, right? That's just, that's gotta be automatic. Like for us in our industry, if you just went off on a swearing tirade over the radio, you're fired, right? It's the one thing that just ends your your run there immediately. As a GM, if you put your team in jeopardy of losing one of the greatest players in NFL history while he's still in his prime because you made some stupid paperwork mistake, you're fired. You're gone. You can't come back here. Turn in your key. But when you put a guy on injured reserve... Do you have to make some sort of declaration this is why we're putting him on injured reserve? Or in this case, is it Mike McCarthy's fault for being too honest in that news conference a couple weeks ago or last week, whenever, saying, yeah, 
rest, rehab, relaxation, all that stuff, that Aaron doesn't have a new injury. I don't know if he said it in those exact words. I'm paraphrasing. But the idea that Aaron just needs to to rehab and get some rest in, you know, is that on McCarthy? So are you suggesting fire McCarthy, not Ted Thompson? Oh, you got to fire Ted Thompson. I'm sorry, man. You can't put that guy on IR. Like, And you're aware of what your coach says, too, if you're running the team. You cannot bring him but back. But if you believe in this Joe Callahan guy, <laughs> that he's got a chance, and you wanted to bring back this quarterback, Doogie, that's you the don't want to risk him signing said. somewhere else, even though he was free for a handful of days. That is your best sentence ever. If you believe in Joe Callahan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this much, though. You know what's fascinating? Even though, yeah, okay, Aaron Rodgers is the Packers' 2018 quarterback. The changes that are coming in Green Bay, when you miss the postseason for the first time in whatever it is, a decade or so, you know, does Ted Thompson retire? You know, is Dom Capers, does he retire? Or Re- retire is he would be dismissed? a good choice. I mean, changes are coming there in Green Bay, right? Yeah. I mean, I think Mike McCarthy is back as that coach, but do you even look at McCarthy? You know, Devontae Adams is a free agent. Is he back? You know, personnel-wise, you're right. I mean, they need to make so many changes on defense. Do they finally spend some money in free agency? You know, I'm just, I'm thinking, you know, if you're a Packers fan and there's enough that listen, right? I mean, heck, the second most popular team in this metropolitan area isn't the Wolves or the Twins. It's the Green Bay Packers. You mm-hmm. have to be thinking what changes are coming to my favorite team. Um, So I got, got a tweet here from Daryl says, zero chance that Rodgers would want to follow in Favre's footsteps and go to the Vikings. Yeah, I think Rodgers would like that. For a chance to get another Super Bowl, to have more Super Bowls than Favre, and do it in the place where Favre messed up and threw an interception when he was on the doorstep. A great plus, we are eight years removed at that point. If Rodgers is the Vikings' 2018 quarterback, just to play out, you know, for sake of of this segment, if Rodgers is the 2018 quarterback, Favre's last year here was 2010. That's a long time. Plus, I'm with you. Yes, Favre couldn't do it. He lost in the NFC Championship game here. There would be something appealing to Rodgers saying, hey, the Vikings have never won a Super Bowl. This is presuming they don't win it this year, but maybe they will. He you would, know, yes. He Let might. me go there. Favre couldn't do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give that franchise their first Super Bowl. I love the NBA because it gives us this sort of thing all the time. And like LeBron going back to Cleveland, it would be that level. Rodgers coming to Minnesota would be the same level as LeBron going back to Cleveland. It'd be the same sort of thing. Like your legacy in mind. Can I go back to Cleveland and win one for that city? Could Rodgers come here and stuff it in, in Favre's face? You know that Rodgers and I've, I've talked to him only briefly on conference calls. So I've never had like a one-on-one conversation. He seems like a real bitter dude though. Like he's a, he's a genius. He's super smart and incredibly good. And he's had all sorts of success. He's won everything you could win. But he still comes across as having this sort of chip on his shoulder and being a little bit bitter. And it probably starts with Brett Favre will not speak to you, sir. In fact, when I was watching the Favre. But how much did that drive him? Oh, oh, that's what I mean is like that's that that starts there. His drive to be this great starts there. And it would be perfect to finish it here. When I was watching. Why not in um, New York then with the Jets? Well, I mean, does anyone even remember Farver's with the Jets? Or why not win another couple, you know, with Green Bay? I mean, he's got the one, win another one or two in Green Bay. They don't got this defense. Huh? Gotta be it, in Green Bay. If he becomes a free agent, he's not signing back there. They don't have the team for him. When I, did you did you guys laugh when uh, watching the Farve of football life and they had B roll, uh, just like they had clips of 
him and Rogers talking and joking. You're like, <laughs> what intern had to spend all summer to find those? Right? Well, or it was photoshopped. <laughs> right. Bringing Caliendo to do the voices. Edited. The uh, <laughs> pi- the Pixar people came in and edited. All right, Matthew Collar, uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson in for uh, Mackie and Judd. I want to switch a little bit to our, uh, we're just touching on some of the 2018 things in Minnesota sports to the Twins. And we might have a little scoopage here coming up next with Doobie, uh, Doogie. Mackie and Judd are back. It can actually be a little exciting. On 1500 ESPN. All right, so um, I was inspired by a Bill Simmons tweet to turn the hot takeage up to 11 and lay out a scenario in which Aaron Rodgers could end up as the quarterback of the Vikings. The fact that it's possible is hilarious um, from Ted Thompson's standpoint that he opened the door to even make it possible. That's funny. But I want to switch gears with you a little bit, Doogie, and talk about the Twins and their uh, offseason now as we head into 2018. Are we going to get a big splash? Are we going to get a guy that is a big enough signing to be introduced at Mall of America? I don't know about Mall of America Rotunda. They are still actively in discussions with you, Darvish's agent. They've talked to Scott Boros enough. He represents Jake Arietta. They've been in contact with Lance Lynn's agent, Alex Cobb's agent on a pretty regular basis. Now, Darvish would be the big name, right? I mean, if you want anybody... It's you, Darvish. Maybe you would settle for Jake Arietta. I don't think Lynn or Cobb would qualify for any sort of Mall of American news conference. Maybe Darvish would, though. Yeah, I think I in the say. end, though, you know, Darvish gets six years, 130 to 140, 130 to $140 million from someone. He met last week with the Cubs and Astros. I hear the Twins are trying to get a meeting with him, presumably because of Thad Levine's relationship, Twins general manager Thad Levine, his relationship with you, Darvish. Mm-hmm from their days together in Texas. Presumably the Twins will eventually get that face-to-face time. But in the end, do I see the Twins giving you Darvish, who's now a couple years removed from Tommy John surgery, but still, he had the Tommy John surgery. He's 32 years old. Do I see them giving him a six-year deal? I don't. If he's willing to take four years at big money, I think the Twins are willing to pay big money. I do. I think term is the issue, though. I don't see the Twins giving Darvish or Arietta or anyone, a six-year deal. They are still talking trade with a number of teams. You ready for a scoop? Oh, I'm ready for a scoop. I reported this on TV, but I don't think anybody was watching me anchor on Channel 5 on Christmas Eve. You always get that call, don't you? But I had, yeah, I do. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. Holiday pay's a good thing. So anyway, it's fine. It was plenty fine. I had no problem working. I do it, you know. Put it this way. If you get Thanksgiving off, if you get Halloween off, stuff like that, You know, in our business, especially TV, when it's not best of radio, the oxymoron known as best of radio, when it's always live, you have to do the news. Somebody has to work. So I have no problem working the occasional holiday. But anyway, I reported on... Do you trade with the other guys? Yeah, we rotate. Are you like, all right, well, I'll take your Christmas because, obviously, and uh, you can have, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it evens out. Like, Joe Schmidt will work every Easter Oh, okay. All right. You know, who oftentimes work 4th of July. Chris Long always does Thanksgiving. I'll do Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Just works out, you know, from a, from a personal standpoint. You know, my wife, she happens to be Catholic. She'll take the boys to church early afternoon. Then they end up at her sister's house. I'll do like the 5 or 6 o'clock news. Then we'll work far enough ahead where I leave for an hour or two, go have dinner with them, go do some presents, then come back and do the 10 o'clock news. 
No 9 o'clock news on Channel 45 with the Ulog. Nothing does better in the ratings on Channel 45 outside of the high school hockey tournament. Nothing does better, I'm telling you, than the Ulog. So we don't have to do, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's it's song after song. So we don't do a, a 45 TV 9 o'clock news on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. So I'm able to escape Christmas Eve. I come back to the office, do the 10 o'clock news. Then on Christmas Day, the way ABC's done this now for a number of years, you have basketball game after basketball game, so there's no 5 o'clock news or 6 o'clock news. I came in last night at like 6.30, just took care of everything myself. So working Christmas Eve and Christmas Day is not as bad as it sounds. It's just it's part of the deal. You know what you sign up for? It's part of this business. But anyway, it was either Christmas Eve or it might have been on the 23rd, but not a lot of people were watching TV over the weekend. I have more questions after your scoop, by the way. That's fine, but anyway. Give the scoop. And not that I foresee the Twins trading Miguel Sano, but I had a non-Twins American League front office executive suggest to me that the Twins have put his name out there in trade talks. Wow. That they can still market him as a third baseman. In two years, can you market Miguel Sano as a third baseman? And again, 2018 Crystal Ball, Twins, I see Miguel Sano here. I don't see him elsewhere. But I'm just telling you, and this front office is not provincial to any one player. They are open to Endless trade possibilities. So whether it's Buxton, Sano, other guys, you make the right offer, they will listen. Now, I don't have any sort of Buxton steam, but on Sano, I am told that they have marketed his name to at least one American League team, to this gentleman's team. And his point is, he gets the sense that the Twins are doing this because in a couple years, they won't be able to market him as a third baseman that Miguel Sano's trade value might be as high as it'll ever be right now. So why not at least gauge the market? See what you could potentially get back for Sano. I mean, if you could get a bonafide ace, you know, a Marcus Stroman type, a Chris Archer type, you know, would you consider moving Miguel Sano? But again, I see Sano here in 2018. But there you go for that. So what I'm getting at is, whether it's Darvish, Arietta, Lynn, Cobb, or any number of trade possibilities... I see them being active in the next few weeks. I can't give you an exact date. It might be January 5th. It might be January 25th. It might be February 9th. But I do get the sense that before they head to Fort Myers in late February, they will make a splash. And if you don't consider Fernando Rodney a splash or Zach Duke a splash, you know, then they will make a splash hmm. this offseason. They will bring in a good starting pitcher. How about that? Well, you know, my family got me the Zach Duke jersey, so it was a splash to some of us. Uh, with with the Sano thing, is that a good idea? Because I feel like when we were talking about Andrew Wiggins earlier, talking about his age as part of the conversation, and even though Sano struggles with what so many of us do, the uh, weight issues, uh, and has had some injuries there last year, he missed a number of games, I thought last year went a long way toward him proving that he could play third base at a serviceable level, not above average, but he could be over there and not ruin your life. And as the most dangerous hitter that the Twins have had in a very long time. And even though Dozier ends up with the 34 home runs and Dozier is consistently a home run hitter, um, when Sano steps to the plate, it was one of those things for a long stretch of last season where you had to stop and watch no matter what you were doing, because he might put one in the street in downtown Minneapolis. And if he cuts down the strikeouts even a little bit, is like the guy could be one of the top hitters in all of Major League Baseball. Is that someone that you 
really want to move on from now or that you want to trade. Uh, I don't know about that. I guess it depends on what you can get. Now, can he cut down on the strikeouts? Yeah. I mean, that's question. a giant question. I don't know. I mean, if you look back the last handful of years, there's no evidence to suggest all of a sudden he's not going to strike out nearly 50% of his plate appearances or whatever the number is. I mean, it's an absurd you know, number. I mean, he just he's going to strike out. And if in a couple of years he's at best a first baseman, maybe more so a designated hitter because of those weight issues, oh, by the way, Matthew... There is a little bit of an injury history here. Yeah. He has yeah. missed a number of games going back the last couple years. You would need to get an enormous return. Heck, I'll say this. I don't think the Rays would trade you Chris Archer for Miguel Sano. Yeah, I don't think in so In a one-for-one? One, He's a legit I would ace. bet on the Rays saying no. He's under team control at a reasonable number for the next four years. Although ERA over four the last two years. Yeah, I'm just telling you. I don't think the Rays. I mean, it's not asinine. I mean, you could concoct a scenario where Sano for Archer, one for one, makes a ton of sense. I'm just telling you, though, I don't think the Rays would make that trade. But I'm just saying, I mean... Would you make that trade? Sano, I would, yes. I would trade Miguel Sano for Chris Archer, absolutely. Yes. I wouldn't even think twice about that. You know, you think about Sano hitting arbitration here pretty quick, then all of a sudden you have to make a decision. Are you giving him $20-plus million a year... You know, he's got Rock Nation, he's got the Robinson Cano agent, CeCe Sabathia agent. You know, they don't mess around. You're not going to get a team-friendly deal on a right. long-term deal. Even if you eat up a year or two of arbitration, you're just not. He's going to look for big, big money. You know, can he be the next Miguel Cabrera? Can he be a 300 hitter? Can he spray the ball, you know, opposite way and all that? I don't know. There are question marks there. And can he keep his weight down? There are question marks there. So if he's not a third baseman in a couple of years, if he's just a first baseman or a DH, if you can sell high right now, I like the idea of marketing. I like the idea of putting his name out there just to see, see if it sticks somewhere. But I'm just telling you, I mean, I think Sano is here. I think he's a twin in 2018. But I'm just telling you, I had unsolicited, hmm. I had an American League executive reach out to me to say, hey, have you heard about this? So then him and I went back and forth via text. And he's like, yeah, my sense is they're marketing him because they can right now as a third baseman, they won't be able to do that in a couple of years. Okay, a reason, I've got a, I think a good reason why you would want to take a top-of-the-rotation pitcher for Miguel Sano. I think an argument that maybe when we're looking at the statistics we might forget. I will give you that when we come back. So if you missed what we were just talking about, uh, Doogie was told by an American League executive, is that a good way to put it? Or American League... Yes, non-twins. Non-twins A higher-up in okay. an American League team's front office, unsolicited, so, texted me. Somebody I've known for a number of years texted me to say, Hey, have you heard about the Twins? Marketing might even be too strong. Floating? Floating might be the best way to put okay. it. Okay. Floating Floating Sano's name. name just to see what they could get for him. Okay. Well, I'm going to make a point on that about why it might be a good idea to get a pitcher for Miguel Sano when we come back. Collar and Doogie in for Mackey and Judd. Phil Mackey. Clapping backs and shaking hands and kissing babies. You'd see some smiles. You do see some brightness in his eyes. Judd Zolgad. Here's the difference between Judd and me. I'm a pessimist because it's fun. He's a pessimist because he's serious. <laughs> he believes it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. If you want to win a 55-inch TCL Roku TV, here's how you do it. You join John Hyde at Main Street Bar and Grill at Hopkins 2-4. to four. 
this Monday, New Year's Day, for the ultimate college football viewing party with Dos Equis. Enjoy an ice cold one and register to win that new TV. Put game day over everything throughout college football season with Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoffs. More details at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. All right, Matthew Collar, Darren Doogie Wolfson in for Mackie and Judd today. And Doogie, with, uh, you know, when you said that uh, you had a scoop, I thought you were going to say, oh, you know, well, they've got a contract for this AAA catcher or something. I didn't know you were going to drop a bomb. Why didn't you tell me before the show? It's not necessarily a bomb, though. It's a bomb. Well, because look at, look at the we Twitter like going reaction. unscripted. Yes, because you That's threw it on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I mean, you throw Miguel Sano and, you know, the hypothetical of any sort of trade on Twitter. And yes, oh, it'll now, blow up. Now you're blaming me for this. No, no, not at all. Because, heck, I'm filling in on Thursday. It's the one day that you have off this week. I'm doing Thursday with Chris Long. So I started to jack down just a couple talking points for Thursday. That was among my talking points. If you watched me, I'm telling you, the air check exists. It was either Friday, Saturday, might have been Sunday on Channel 5. I went with this. I just didn't get any reaction. Yeah, because I don't think mad people that you were, were watching TV over the weekend. Yeah, they were mad that you weren't a log. Correct. At that point. Correct. Or they were watching the U-Log on Channel 45. Yeah, they had no interest in watching local news. But yeah, I mean, I did have this on TV a few days ago. But anyway, you know, where I need to be careful is it's not like anything is on the cusp of happening. Nothing is imminent. I'm just saying from somebody I've known for a number of years that works in an American League front office, a higher up, not the Twins front office, a different front office, said, hey. Have you heard? He reached out to me unsolicited. Have you heard about the Twins floating or marketing? His term was marketing. Miguel Sano on the trade market that they can market him currently as a third baseman. And the idea is in a couple of years, you probably won't be able to market him as a third baseman. He's either a first baseman or just a DH. That his value is highest right now, even though he's missed games the last couple of years. Missed a lot of games this year, missed a lot of games last year that his value is still highest currently a few years out from the big money. So the big name that has been floated around on the other side of trade talks all the time is Chris Archer. I mean, I feel like I've been hearing about people, I love him. Uh, people they need a third for, baseman too, don't they? I mean, they just moved Longoria to the Giants. They did. And, I mean, it's it's just been out there for quite some time and uh, that they might decide to move Archer. And when I was looking over his numbers, one of the things that he has is a much lower fielding independent pitching than his ERA. So we sometimes always just look at a guy's ERA and go, oh, he's good or he's not good. And with his, maybe he had a little bit of bad luck there. They've got one good fielder, but maybe as a team, they weren't that good. With the Twins, the foundation that they're building here with Byron Buxton in center field and basically three guys in the outfield who could play center is a team that's going to, in the future, take away a lot of runs, especially if you replace someone else over at third base. And either Maurer continues to play first base, maybe you get somebody there. But whoever you bring in, what they've done in the past, there's a good chance with the team that you have now and the center fielder you have now that you're going to steal a lot of runs on those line drives mm-hmm. and fly balls. So whatever your ERA is, that Chris Archer's ERA probably should have been closer to three than four last year, if not for the pitching. And if he's a pitcher for the Minnesota Twins, that's probably where it's at. His strikeout rate was extremely high, over 11 per nine innings. So, I mean, that would help. I mean, you think about, yes, the Twins' defense does those pitchers a lot of favors, but the Twins' pitching staff as a whole doesn't strike a lot of guys out. So that many more balls are put into play. Mm -hmm. 
So even though it's a phenomenal defense with that many more balls put in play, there is that risk, that chance, that that catch isn't made. That ground ball isn't fielded cleanly. We saw Polanco mess up enough. Good range at shortstop, but he messed up enough semi-routine plays that if you brought in a pitcher of Archer's ability to induce some swings and misses, that limits the defense's opportunity to make mistakes. Okay, we got to take a break, but I want to ask you when we come back, got a good tweet about a hypothetical um, package deal. Because as you mentioned, there are enough warts on Sano, his weight, the injuries, the strikeouts, that it would probably take more than just a one-for-one one if you're going to get an ace caliber pitcher. There's a name that I want to throw at you, a would-you trade along with Sano when we come back. Collar and Doogie in for Mackie and Judd.